In the wild, predators stalk their prey, often picking out the injured, weak, and young to increase their chances of a successful hunt. It isn't done out of malice or due to mental illness. They hunt only to survive. Unless they're hungry or feel threatened, the prey and predators live harmoniously. One animal, though, will hunt when they aren't hungry, feel threatened, or in any way a means of survival. Instead, they do it to feed other pangs of hunger. That animal is us, human beings. Today's story is about two unfortunate boys who fell prey to the devious hunger of human predators. However, their stories helped to develop the program where missing children were painted on the side of milk cartons and eventually helped give breath to our current Amber Alert system. The first disappearance occurred in the early morning of September 5th, 1982. Young Johnny Gosh was headed to a church a few blocks from his home to grab his bundle of newspapers to fold and distribute on his daily paper route. Johnny was 12 and wanted the job to save for a dirt bike. The night before, he had a nice family dinner and went to bed early. Even at such a young age, Johnny had a strong work ethic and seemed to enjoy his newfound responsibility. So much so that before he went to bed, he begged his parents to allow him to fetch his papers the next morning alone. He wanted to be as independent as the older paper boys and not have to rely on his parents for help. On the morning of September 5th, Johnny woke up and decided to prove to them that he was old enough to do the job himself instead of waking up his parents. He grabbed his wagon and the family's small dog and made his way to the church drop-off. A neighbor recalled seeing Johnny cutting through his yard at 5.55 a.m. as he was headed towards the church. Johnny's paper drop-off was the same as the other paper boys, and several of them saw him walking to the drop-off. At some point, a man approached Johnny and asked him for directions. His question was ignored, and Johnny continued to walk. The man in the car drove ahead, made a U-turn, and again began speaking to Johnny from the vehicle. At one point, he even opened his door and stuck his legs out. The paper boys weren't sure if the man was drunk or had a speech problem, but it was eventually enough harassment that Johnny told another boy that the man was weird and that he was going home. Johnny Gosh was last seen headed back home with his wagon and his dog. The other boys who were witnesses said that the man started his car and turned his dome light on and off three times before driving away. Not long after, Johnny's father was awoken by a neighbor, wondering where his morning paper was. Then, thinking that his son had overslept, his father went to his room and saw that Johnny was gone. He began to walk in the direction of Johnny's route and found his wagon filled with papers along the side of the street. He quickly realized that something was wrong and went home to phone the police. 911, what's your emergency? When he arrived back at their house, the family's dog, who accompanied Johnny, had returned unscathed. It took police officers 45 minutes to drive the few blocks to Johnny's home. To the parents' horror, 
They then refused to report their son as missing because it hadn't been 72 hours yet. The laws at the time were that a child must have been missing for 24 to 72 hours before being considered missing and not a runaway. Eventually, Johnny's parents convinced officers that foul play had been involved and that their son would never just run away. The search for Johnny involved about 30 officers and even more neighbors, all of whom returned with nothing to help point the case in the right direction. Local authorities refused to request the help of the FBI until Johnny's parents could prove that he was in danger and not just another teen runaway case. After unsuccessful search efforts, the case went cold and Johnny's parents had to take things into their own hands. A few months after their son disappeared, Noreen and John Gosh started the Johnny Gosh Foundation. It was created to help fund private searches for their son and to share child safety information with other parents. By June of 1984, the Goshes had helped to create and start the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They also lobbied and helped write a law requiring immediate police response when dealing with missing children. It was signed into Iowa law on July 1st, 1984. Almost two years after the disappearance of Johnny Gosh, yet another paper boy vanished while on his morning route in the same city. At around 5.15 a.m. on the morning of August 12th, 1984, 13-year-old Eugene Martin arrived to collect his bundles of the Sunday morning paper. The van delivery driver said that he handed Eugene his bundle and then he sat down and began to fold them. Witnesses say that Eugene had talked to a man while he was folding and that the conversation seemed friendly. At 6 a.m., a neighbor called Eugene's manager to ask about the delay in her paper delivery. So we went to scout the route and found Eugene's bag still full of its papers. At first, he didn't think anything of it and delivered the rest of the Sunday editions himself. After delivering the papers, his manager finally went to Eugene's house to speak with his father. They quickly realized that Eugene hadn't returned home to go back to sleep and began searching the neighborhood. After finding no clues about his son's whereabouts, the police were called at 8.40 a.m., nearly three hours after Eugene was last seen. 911, what's your emergency? With a newly written law, thanks to the Gosh parents, Des Moines authorities quickly shut down the city. Within the hour, there were search parties, roadblocks, and the FBI was involved by noon. Even with the extra search efforts, Eugene's case also quickly went cold. Investigators traveled from Mexico to Canada following thousands of leads. But still, to this day, nothing has come close to helping solve either of the boys' disappearances. A few weeks after Eugene's disappearance, a local grocery store began printing both boys' pictures on their bags. Then, inspired by them, dairy farms began doing the same on their milk carton sides. From there, the campaign spread to dairy companies in Illinois and California. By January of 1985, 
the National Child Safety Council began a nationwide Missing Children Milk Carton program, featuring hundreds of missing children's posters on milk cartons. Eventually, the program was phased out as paper milk cartons were replaced with plastic, but it did help serve as inspiration to the Amber Alert system that is still implemented today when a child is abducted. This year, it has been 41 and 39 years since Johnny Gosh and Eugene Martin have been seen. Their cases still remain open. They are both believed dead by authorities, and Eugene's parents also believe their son is dead. They both passed away two decades ago. Johnny's mother, Noreen Gosh, still believes that her son is alive somewhere, recovering from a childhood trapped in human slavery. She even claims her son visited her in 1997 under a different name. He told her he was recovering from years of abuse in a child trafficking ring. Every year, an estimated 1.2 million children fall prey to a child trafficking predation. As a result, there are 365,000 missing children in the United States alone. That's 1,000 children every day. 60% of them are foster children. Today, right now in this world, two children are sold every minute. The majority of them will be put into forced labor, some even making the garments a lot of us wear. Human trafficking is the second most lucrative crime in the world, falling only under illegal drug sales. There are far too many cases like the ones of Johnny Gosh and Eugene Martin. Were they victims of a lone hunter? Or were they taken to be part of the human trafficking circle? While most victims are women and girls, young boys will also be taken. They are then brainwashed and beaten into becoming predators themselves and used to perpetrate the circle and feed the deadly beast that is human trafficking. <laughs> 